Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on a fantastic weekend that was just happened. We came up against Middlesbrough and we absolutely smashed him. It should have been 4-5-0. We absolutely destroyed him and we've got a new hero in Bay John Ho. So before we move any further, I welcome Angela Smith. Hello, Angela. Hello, everybody. And it's good to hear Ian not as depressed as he was. I have to say that I did my bit for the pod last week, but Ian, in depressive mode, made an excuse not to have a podcast. And you could call him a fair-weather fan, really, couldn't you? Because, you know, he only does a podcast now when we're winning. So you probably won't hear from us again this season. Only joking. <laughs> How dare you, Ange? Honestly, you're just putting boots in. Is it because Celtic have lost again? Is that is that what it is? It's, of course it is. Of course it is. I don't care, really. I'm just happy that Iverson came good and made that save because if he hadn't in the first three minutes, it could have been oh so different. And that could have been the turning point of our seasons. Could be. We'll go into that when we go into player ratings about the individual performance. But the, the performance was... Incredible one to tangible. Mean, what a turnaround after, you know, Cardiff, where again we looked very lacklustre. We actually looked like a team for the first time in a while. Yeah, and it does show that I know you'll come on to Johnny Waters' uh, battle cry, but it does show that if the players get the fans behind them, then things can be better. It's a bit like you, Ian. I know you get told off all the time at work, but it gets boring, doesn't it? And you, and you switch off after a bit. I don't listen to people telling me off, to be honest, Andrew. One of them people always have been. Teachers tried. Everybody's tried. Exes have tried. They, they don't get very far with shouting at me. But we're digressing, aren't we, again? Right, we're moving on, away. So before, obviously, we go into the player ratings, we go in with the stats, which are interesting reading. Possession-wise, Middlesbrough had 63 to our 37, which again proves that we're doing good things when we don't have all the ball. Is that Luke Cundell's problem? Since he's come out, we, we look a bit more bitey, don't we? Yeah, I think bitey is, is the M word. But um, look, we, the, that midfield three have got to, I believe, carry on. Without injuries, that's the, mid, the best midfield three, isn't it? Well, it's definitely the best midfield three. I mean, Bay is, and I said this a while on the pod, didn't I? Once he gets a goal, Bay Jono will will be our best player, and I think he showed that yesterday. I think he was brilliant yesterday. Made so many touches. I think he completed every pass he made. Made seven forward passes that were all completed. When we've got a player like that on his hands, Schumacher is probably rubbing his hands for next season, isn't he? If he, if obviously, if we aren't dropping to League One, we're still in the mire, aren't we? Yeah. So the rest of it shot. <laughs> full of insight today, Andrew. I can tell Celtic have lost. But shots 11 to 10, so we won that. On target for the first time this season, I'll probably say, we've had the most on target, 5 to 3. Corners, we had 6. And fouls, we back in charge. Top of the league on that was 16 to there. Five, looking into the game, it's just a proof that instead of passing it round like Tony Mowbray, we need to be more clinical with it. And I think Cundall coming out of the team was probably a brave decision for Schumacher because, you know, he's a, he loves him, doesn't he? He brought him in for a reason, but he's had to swallow his pride and drop him. I hope he in a bat for Leeds, Absolutely. but we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, we will have to see how it goes. I don't. I, I personally don't think he should change the team at all, but... 
he'll, he may well have a look at changing the team, given that it's a, another massive match at the weekend, but I hope he doesn't. I really hope he doesn't. He can't, though, can he? If he changes the team and we lose, he's going to get battered, isn't he? Because, I mean, the reports and rumours that were going round is he was going if he lost this game. And listen, we could go to Leeds, and whilst not many people give us a much chance of doing anything, I think the most important part of, of this game is the goal difference. Um, it's going to, I think, one team is going to go down on goals difference, and I don't want it to be us. And when you look at how we capitulated against Leicester, we can't afford to do that against Leeds. I watched Leeds before the match kicked off. I watched Leeds play at Huddersfield. And I have to say, Huddersfield were a really, really good team. And, and Leeds got back into it. And yeah, they could have won at the end uh, because they had they had 10 men. They had a man sent off. Hogg was sent off for a blatant elbow. And that changed the game. But Huddersfield looked a good team and, and, and were compact and took their, kept going forward. And I think if we do the same, um, don't write us off. I'd take a, take a draw now. We have to keep as clean sheet or as let as few go in as possible. Well, all in good time, all in good time. But before we move, obviously, into the player 18s, we're going to talk about what something you kept banging on about through commentary, kept going on about the fans and how they've got to get behind them. And I went yesterday. I know everyone's yawning with shock, but I did go yesterday. And what amazed me was the atmosphere. It was electric yesterday. So I've enjoyed it. And that's the first time I've enjoyed it for a long time. Why, why, Delilah? Why don't you go every match? <laughs> because I, I, I can't hand because of weight commitments, but that has changed recently. Don't want to go into why, but um, yeah, I, I will probably get a seat back to season ticket next year because I'm not at my previous job, so weekends now are free. I've actually got a longer weekend. So you'll be more depressed more often. Well, exactly. Just how you like me, Ange. You, you don't want me all happy and giddy like I am today. Positive improvements, and everyone was asking it on Praise and Grumble last night, which was the better battle cry, Johnny Walters or Pottermouths. Now, did you get a mention on the Pottermouth cry, Ange? No. I did. So I'm going to go with Pottermouth. I know you did. Ian from Scholar Green. Um... <laughs> Most people wonder who you are. We know who you are. Um, the miserable one who only turns up when Stoke get a goal. Well, I didn't know. They were, I thought they were going to get battered yesterday, Ange. You know, <laughs> can't say that. And I paid more than everybody else, so I should be appreciated more. Thank you very much, Jan. But, yes, yeah, so we're going to the player ratings on what's good. I mean, but you know, we'll, let's not get carried away. But we go in with Iverson. I think the measure of the game was that he didn't have a great deal to do. Um, he had a, that fantastic save in the first couple of minutes. I think it was about the third minute. And, and I think that save changed the game. And also, he, he ushered a guy out who eventually we stopped in the line when they, they had their two moments. Apart from that, he had nothing to do. I just don't think his kicking's very good. Uh, I put up with him because he made that save. But um. He was solid enough. Uh, I'll give him an eight. An eight? Uh, I'll go over seven, I will, actually, with Iverson. I thought he was very clinical with that save. I don't know what he was doing with, with Rose for that one where Rose had to clean it off the line. I mean, I think you said, was it in commentary that I listened to after, or you, somebody mentioned it on Praise and Grumble, that you were talking about how Rose had saved himself. I thought it was a disaster, to be honest, but he... 
I, I'll be honest with Iverson. I, I'm not comfortable with him. I don't know what it is about him, but late on in the game as well, there was a couple of times where he came out and he looked a bit edgy. He wasn't talking, which is what does me head in. Goalkeepers should be the loudest man on the pitch for me. You know, Schmeichel yeah. used to be able to hear him through the telly when I was young and used to watch that tripe. But Iverson, it's an improvement, isn't it? He's got a clean sheet. I'm hoping he kicks on, but honestly, I'd prefer Bonham in. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I feel sorry for Bonham, but we've got Iverson. They brought him in as the number one keeper, and he's the number one keeper. So, uh, listen, I, I still maintain that that save changed the game. It did, without a question of doubt, which is why he's got a seven. Right, so now we move into the return of Dyson. Yes, um, I have to say, I thought he did okay. The fact that we weren't playing these inverted full-back, wing-back types, I think, played into his hands. Um, he had a solid game, really, didn't he? So I'll give him a seven. A seven? I'll go with a solid seven as well. I thought he was good, Dyson. He was back. That you know he, he he was making good moves forward. He was tracking. He was trying to get him tacking areas as well. He did well in the wing back position, and we know he's been a void of confidence and he's been struggling a bit recently. But that was back to his normal self. I don't know what's happened this week. I don't know if John Walters has gone in pro- proper had a go at some of these players. But Hoover was back to his best. He played very well in that in that wing back role, and I've, I can't knock him really. A couple of good. Balls of his left as well in for Bay to get things moving. Can't knock him. Right now, for me, this guy was close to the man of the match, but wasn't close, if you know what I mean. And that was Lyndon Giggs. I thought, <laughs> I thought he was really, really good. Uh, I thought he played well. And when you think it's not his position, but he gives his all, doesn't he? He's solid. Uh, he fights for the team. And I'm going to give him an 8-2. I think it was probably the best game he's had for us. He... He certainly made the defence look a little bit more solid and I was quite pleased, you know. He um, he was always trying to push his on the front foot and I just think he's a really solid player, so eight. I'm going to go over nine for Gooch yesterday. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was really good. He he was doing something that we haven't seen for a while as well. He was defending in their box when they were trying to break through, I can't think of his yeah. name, their, their winger, is he, Jair Jones, who I was very impressed with earlier on in the season. He kept stopping him. So whenever he was running, he was blocking him off or tackling him early and getting the ball back in our possession. He put some beautiful balls into the box as well, which which were very inviting. And if we had a striker that wasn't five foot six up top, he, we could have maybe scored a few off him. So impressed with him, and Really impressed. I do like him on the opposite side. I think he is a very good inverted winger. And he's got to stay in that position for me. When Thompson comes back, he, he's... Could we try him on the right and have two inverted? Mm, good thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But right, so now we go into Wilmot. Yes. Um, I thought, I don't think he's the same player as before he got injured. I thought he did okay. I just don't know. There's something about him now, and I think he's a bit like Rose. He's got a mistake in him. Uh, so I'm going to say. A seven because we won. It would have probably been a six if not. But I'm I'm going to say seven. I'm going to go seven. Uh, sorry, six. Sorry, I'm going to go six because he was very nervous for me. Um, yeah, he was. He got stuck into everything. You can tell he's lacking a bit of confidence, and he's probably not hundred percent fit. Let's be brutally honest. 
but he didn't really make any mistakes. It, there was a couple of misplaced passes, but there wasn't anything I can go. He was rubbish. Um, he threw himself about, very committed to the cause, and he did his job okay. I can't. There was not a lot of good knock. He just looked a bit nervous, which, which was making me nervous <laughs> to, be, to be honest. But I think it comes down to mental strength, and that's what we're going to talk about with Ben Wilmot and our defenders at the moment. Do you think we're mentally strong enough in that area? Do you reckon these players just aren't mentally ready to be championship centre backs? I think I think there's a lot to do with the um, the lack of well, the confidence is gone, and I think that makes a big difference. I think Wilmot's got the character. Um, I just think that his distribution isn't as good as it was. He used to he used to be able to ping a really good pass, and and his distribution's gone. So that all comes with confidence. So I answered your question, Ian. I think it's just a confidence thing, and um, hopefully we'll see a, a better Wilmot and Rose. God, we need to on Tuesday against Leeds. Well, we've got hopes, haven't we? Because we, we don't want any jitteriness against Leeds because they'll just rip us in pieces. We've got to be honest, we've got the quickest forward line in the league. Right, now we move into Michael Rose. Right, well, he had a couple, He gave me the heebie-jeebies on a couple of times, uh, particularly that one where he lets the bloke get on the outside of him and, and luckily Iverson pushes him out wide and then he stops it on the line. So he redeemed himself and I suppose that's good compared to how he has been, but... He's always got a Ricky ten in him, and he's always got one of those situations whereby you just know he's going to make a mistake. But I thought he got better as the game went on, so I'm giving him a seven. I'll go over another six for Michael Rose. No, no, actually, well, I will go. I'll, I will go seven because he was after the mistake. He did really improve, and he did make up for it. So I've gone knocking down for it. I just like the striker's name, Latty Laugh, which made me laugh. <laughs> uh, Sorry, you know you're talking about Rosie got better as the game went on. If anybody hasn't seen it and you, and they get a chance uh, to look at the replay of our second goal, Baker's deflected winner, just watch Rose mouth off at Ailing as the ball just goes in the back of the net. It's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. You cannot miss it. So I'm sorry I spoke over you, but that's why he got his extra mark off me for the way he had to go at Ailing. It was brilliant. He had to go at Ailing? He's getting a nine from me now, Ange. That's it. <laughs> no, it was brilliant as well, because I, I, I can't stand Ailing. I can't after his previous endeavours at the club. Rose did well. Pushed forward better. I thought... I don't understand why certain games he's brilliant in the air and then sometimes he's really bad in the air. He's a very hit-and-miss player, Michael Rose. Yeah. But I yeah. think what eased him was the fact that he cleared that ball off the line and he felt, oh, God. Because I think if yeah, if, if that had gone in, we it would have been an absolute nightmare. But he, he came good in the end. He was nervous as well. And it could be down to confidence. It could be down to a lot of things at the end of the day. But... You can only go with a good performance, and that, that's what it was. Right now, in the place we all like to see him play, holding midfield, it woots it, Berger. I actually like Berger, as you know, but I thought that was one of his worst performances for a while. Even then, he didn't do anything bad. But he just sat in, didn't he? He wasn't as adventurous, uh, and he allowed uh, Baker and Laurent to, to do what they had to do. I thought he was solid in possession, I thought he, he, he did everything you would expect. I keep saying it, make the most of it, because he isn't going to be with us uh, for, for much longer. 
But despite the fact I didn't think it was his best performance, I'm still giving him an eight. He's always he's always going to be there or about our best player, isn't he, as long as we've got him. He's going nowhere, Ange. You know as well as I do, yeah, he's going okay. nowhere. They're going to give him an 80 grand a week contract and he's he's going to play for us for life. Right, now Birgit, I am the opposite. I thought it was one of the best performances of his, of his time at Stoke because he did the role well and he let the midfielders do their job instead of running around all over the place and leaving gaps. And But the good thing is when he does, he's able to get back to recovery. Whereas this game, he was able to just play his natural game, spread the ball along, and Middlesbrough just couldn't get round us because of that. I think Berger playing that deep role was a big reason why we got a clean sheet. Because he, he was just getting in the way of any, any press or any attack. And he was stopping them getting to the defenders. Because he didn't have to put all the energy to get back and forward and, and do the other role. So he was doing what Ben Pearson does, but eight times better which is why he's getting a nine I thought Berger was brilliant on Saturday I can remember talking to my mate going Berger's playing exactly how he should play an holding, holding role sit deep protect the defence and spray the ball forward whenever you could he was brilliant he, he really was brilliant the amount of times he stopped Latty Laffey laughing was brilliant it really was he just they couldn't get round him because he's so instead of putting that edge in running forward and, and leaving gaps he was just getting in the way of the Middlesbrough press every time they attacked he got in the way he got in the way of their clinical passes through as well brilliant performance for me from Berge ok just ok you said it was rubbish Ange. you said it was a terrible game for him <laughs> no I didn't right now another contender for man of the match and that was Baker. Yeah, I thought his pressing was great. I mean, he got the goal. The way he kept pressing all the way through made a massive difference for us. I, I just thought he, it was one of his best performances in the Stoke shirt. And he deserved the goal, didn't he? he there was that other situation where, do you remember, we, we nicked the ball at the edge of their penalty area and um, him and uh, Laurent didn't know what to do and they gave away that chance that probably um, would have given us the extra goal that would have got us uh, out of the bottom three. But I thought he was really, really good. He deserved his goal. I'm giving him an 8-2. I'll go over another eight as well for Baker. I thought he was brilliant. There was no mistakes. He was able to do what he wants to do. And I think that's something's gone on in training this last week with the midfield. I don't care what anybody says. Berger was doing his role. Baker was doing his. I, I, I think it must be the return of Laurent, who we'll talk about next. But Baker was pressing. His passes were clinical. He kept carving out Middlesbrough. He took his chance from a brilliantly weird corner piece, I could tell that. I think Johnny Walters had something to do with that as well. I think his coaching as well has been what he's doing. I think he actually managed the team as well and and deserved his song. But Baker, brilliant performance. Like, you know, we've been knocking him all last season. We were desperate to get rid of him. But if he can carry on like that, then, you know, he's cemented in that midfield, isn't he? Brilliant performance. Yeah, I, I mean, you wanted to get rid of him. You did, Andrew, as well. Don't start trying to hide behind the microphone. Come from him, but you hated him, and that's how you get. Anyway, let's move on to the, the next man. The next man is Josh Laurent. Now, people around me seem to dislike uh, Josh Laurent. They always seem to think he isn't doing quite enough. 
I actually thought one of the things that I noticed about him yesterday, the more than for quite a while, he got the armband back, yeah, okay, but he was more vocal. He was actually shouting at people, telling people what to do. Um, and I thought he, he had a, a good game. Having said that, I'm going to give him a seven. A seven? Yeah. Why, why didn't you give him a seven? Well, because he did what he had to do. He didn't, he didn't hide. And in the last 15 minutes, I thought he was one of the best best players. But I still look at that shot chance we had to get that other goal where they're at the edge of the penalty area and it, it got messed up. Um, and I just thought that was his fault. But listen, I'm still happy with him. Seven. Well, yeah, lads, you're a bit harsh on him there. I thought it was his best performance of Stoke, to be honest. Right. Well, you're obviously drunk on three points, aren't you? Uh, well, you know, I do love a, I do love a set of three points, Sam, do you know that? But <laughs> I thought he was well. I mean, yeah, he should have scored. There's no question he should have buried that. It, it was, to be honest, it was easier score than miss, to be honest. But we've got a knack of that at Stoke, can't we? Remember remember Keith Scott? But, and like Bourne and Vincent Perry I mean, listen, you can't put anybody in the class of Keith Scott, for God's sake. Yeah, but he, he bounced back, Hans, because... We, we we swapped him for yeah, right. we swapped him for Sherry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Best piece of business ever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who we buy now, but the the, the thing is with Bela saw their, their best midfielder was in his pocket all game. He he was doing both roles brilliantly. It was like a, a tier of three midfield four midfielders. It was it was a very I don't understand how. We've been so bad all season when the midfield, when it's slotted like that and organised like that, they were brilliant. And Laurent just sort of covered as a central midfielder and then helped with the defending with Berger. It was such a fluid midfield and everybody sort of knew what their roles were. Like nobody wasn't doing what they couldn't do. Like Baker wasn't getting back too far. He would help with the midfield press of Middlesbrough, but he wouldn't go any deeper. Bay would circle around and not do a lot of backtracking unless needed if it was close by or in their half. But then, and then Laurent and Berger would cover everything that was in our half. It was a such a brilliant, fluid midfield performance. And Laurent was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he should have taken his chance, but his, his passing rate was near as high as Bay's. It was 94%, only one or two misplaced passes. Brilliant, and it, that's why he's getting an eight with Baker because I'm so impressed with that midfield. You know, you've been slagging it off all season, saying you know it wouldn't get in the crew team. Yeah, honestly, you're getting me a reputation here. I haven't been slagging it off all season at all. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to start fighting back now. The only person I said I thought shouldn't have been in it was Kundal, and I think that was proved right yesterday. Well, you can't Me take do. you can't take a joke, Gans, can you? I tell you what, sometimes you you don't joke. You're a nasty man. <laughs> a nasty man. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, we're definitely drunk on three points. Right now, we're going to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. It is. Yeah. You wait, roll on next Sunday, will be. Oh God, get him out. Get him all. <laughs> this week, brilliant. Right, so now we move into without question of a doubt, man of the match, and I'll put in early. 10 from me. Bay John Um, I thought he was man of the match. I thought he ran his socks off. He scored. He defended well. 
He's got magically quick feet. I'm giving him a 10, not just because of how well he played, but because the way he left Aileen on his backside when he scored the goal. And in true South Korean fashion, he didn't celebrate, go over the top with his celebration. And if you notice again, Rose pushes him back towards the crowd. He, I thought it was a super goal. Honest, I thought it was a brilliant goal. And then aim like Berger, make the most of him because he isn't going to be with us for long. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Andy, stay... What? Don't be... No. No, they, they won't sell him now. Tell you now, and he won't leave. There's no point in leaving. As much as we think Stoke are the best team in the world, if somebody comes a-knocking in the Premier League, he'll be gone. Well, he better get the bloody checkbook out then. 50 million. You might be able to have a chance. No chance I'm selling him. And if they do, I want... Oh, co- if, if they sell him, I want him out. Then. They can all go out. They sell him. What a performance from Bae Jun Ho. Incredible. 100% pass accuracy. I thought he destroyed Middlesbrough. He couldn't cope with him. And that's why the man here, Carrick, brought Aileen more central to try and handle him. And he put him on his backside. Brilliant bit of trickery. The goal was incredibly taken. Two and two for him now. He's got his own song. I loved what he did at the end with that fan. I've got me. I've got a South Korea flag on order now, so I can get a shirt. <laughs> Yeah, South Korea, Northern Burslem. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my nephew, he can hold it, then I'll nick the shades off it, and I won't, obviously. obviously but absolutely brilliant, Bajo now. And I can't wait for next season when we build his midfield round him, because he'll be a year stronger, physically better. Let's just hope we're in the champion. Well, if we drop, he's gone. I agree with you there. But I think if we can rebuild with Schumacher, but the fluidity of his movements... He's, I said this earlier on the season, he gets a goal, he'll kick on. And I, honestly, I, I've got a feeling against Leeds, which I'll tell you about when we go on to the next game, but what a performance. I, I can't give him any more credit, really. Everything he tried worked. That little jink pass to Laurent in the first half, thought, that lad's confident now, he's going to push on. It's just a shame it's now, not you know four weeks in. <laughs> that, that's the only, only fortune, but... Brilliant, uh, and he deserves his credibility. Right, now we move into Manhoof. Um, I didn't think his end product was as great as it might have been. He's getting better with every game. Uh, I think he has to stay stay in the team, to be honest. He, um, he's just got better and better, and I think at some point he will score. He, he had a couple of chances, and I thought he would score, but he didn't. And... I quite like him. When he gets this better end, end product, I think we'll do well. But he should have scored early doors. Well, our first chance at... And that, that's a bit disappointing. So I'm going to give him an 8 too. I'm going to go with an 8 because I was re- I've been really impressed with Manhoof. Like, a lot of people have been sort of throwing it out because... But he, he isn't playing in his position. But I like his control. I like his strength as well because he's not really a big bloke, but he seems to be quite good at holding off defenders. And he see, I think one again, similar as Bay, he gets a goal, he's up and running. I think that's a talented player there. Like you know, when you look at Vidigal and you saw glimpses, but with Manhoof, he just seems like he he's always involved, isn't he? He's never afraid of getting the ball. And the good thing about him yeah. was that it's all against Middlesbrough. He wasn't scared of taking a man on either. You know, I, I like yeah. his confidence. I mean, we know he's Dutch, they're all confident, but I like him. I like how he got in for the chance. I know he squandered the chance, but I think 
with this team and the way we are at the moment, it's once he gets a goal, he'll be up and running. I think he's a good addition, I do. I think he'll grow into a good player. I think it's a good signing. Thanks, Ricky Martin. It's probably the only thing. To be fair, he has brought a few in, but... Hang on, hang on. You don't thank Ricky Martin. You thank Jared Dublin. Oh, sorry, Jared. Jared, we thank Jared. Yeah, you don't thank Ricky Martin. He was too busy doing his pillars. <laughs> pillars? <laughs> his five pillars of success. Oh, his pillars. Ah, oh, yeah. He's, I mean, his five pillars of bullshit. Right, so... <laughs> so that was man who I thought he was well in another one who was good Ennis I like him Ange I, I don't think he'll be deadly I don't think he'll score a lot of goals but I like his energy I'd love to know how many miles kilometres he, he, he ran yesterday he was he was like a nuisance all the time look um, he always tries to shoot which I think is good uh, he took so much pressure off the other players trying to make openings, trying to trying to move across the line. I think what he does is he leads the line by hard work. Um, and I think he's um, he's done very, very well. Uh, I just thought he was good, and I'm giving him an 8-2. I'll go with an 8. I thought I loved Ennis. Yeah, Jacob Brown, too, any. I think we've got a Jacob Brown, too, here. I, I do. I think he's yeah. a... He, he never stopped all game. He was... At the, he was at the throat of that defence all game, and I like him yeah. because he looks like a proper striker. I don't, I don't know if he yeah. might kick on with a load of goals because I know he wasn't confident at Blackburn, but he, now he's got a manager who knows him. Scored twelve, uh, twelve goals once for uh, Schumacher when he was at Plymouth. But for the first time in a long time, it looked like we had a striker that knew what he was doing. He kept pressing, yeah, exactly. and I was so gutted that the Charlie Adam didn't come off. I really was. The yeah, it was a good effort, but then again, you'd got Laurent screaming for the ball at the side. But yeah, look, you don't blame anybody for trying that, do you? you you've got to have a go once in your career, haven't you, Charlie Adam? Yeah. And it unfortunately didn't come off, but a solid eight from me. I thought he was brilliant, Ennis. And I'm quite impressed, Ange, which is when we'll go to Schumacher. Right, now the substitutions. Larice for Manhuth. Now... I, I know you go, you go with your substitution nonsense, but I thought once Manhoof came off, he gave us a bit more added energy that we were beginning to lose, and so I'm going to give him a six. I'll be honest, I'll give him a six as well. I liked his energy. He was good in the air again as well. He's the best header of the ball for a right winger I've ever seen. You don't see right midfielders, good in the air like that. He reminds me of a big no, mammy, the way he gets up to, to head yeah. them balls around. But I, he took yeah. the pressure off. We were able to change the way we played slightly because I think we were starting to tire a bit in midfield. I think the, the forward line was starting to slow down a bit. But I did like the energy that Larice brought in. I, I still don't fit, I'm still not 100% convinced by Larice, to be honest. But he worked well with Ennis. He was he was grinding it out. And I thought Ennis a few times if he was if he wasn't too busy trying to lead the line and just followed Larissa a bit, I think he could have got in a few times with the Edders. Yes, possibly. And I think it could be a nice little partnership growing there. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Alan E. <laughs> <laughs> Is Alan E coming in? Right, so then a player I didn't think I'd see in Stoke shirt again, to be honest, Tyrese Campbell. Well, 
If he was brought on to be super sub, he forgot to get into second gear, didn't he? You just don't uh, like him, Ange, do you? You don't like Tyrese. It's not, it's not, I, don't, I, I don't dislike him. I think he was the best finisher at the club when he, when he was playing consistently. But it's quite clear he's not staying and he's just filling the shirt, or that's how it looks to me. Um, and I'm giving him a five. Yeah, I'll give him a five as well. He didn't do a lot, did he? He didn't break sweat. Uh, no, he, he he wasn't sort of. As soon as he come on for Ennis, we it looked like they could get out get at us again. Yeah. It seemed like what we. Do you think? Sorry, Ian. Wouldn't you think that somebody that's leaving would be putting their all to get the best deal they could going forward? I just think he knows where he's going. And he just doesn't want to get injured, and he doesn't want to have to have too many running around getting tackled. I I just don't think he's he's interested in playing for us anymore. Well, you know where he's going, Ange. Yeah, he's going Rangers. Isn't yeah, he? he's going Rangers. Yeah, I I, I know yeah. that he's going Rangers. So at least he's going from yeah. he's he's going from to a good club. I hope he does push on. But yeah, he he, do, he his attitude stinks for me, Ange. I don't know what happened over. To be honest, do you want me to tell you who I think made him like this? Alex Neal. Do you? I think Alex Neal's turned in. Because uh, when he was with Michael O'Neill, he, he, he was going for it, wasn't he? He was pushing. He was he, he was desperate to get back in the team. Then Alex Neal came in and his head dropped. His attitude changed. I think he's got a lot of, a lot of explaining to do that, Alex Neal, because I think it was him who turned him. I think he brought in... Uh, who was it who we brought in? Uh, I think he brought in Vidigal to replace him, or Haksabanovic. I think I think something was going to happen in summer, which is why we brought Haksabanovic on loan, because if I think he was trying to get rid of Campbell, that that's just my opinion. Which he should have done. He might have made a bit of money. Right now, the 89th minute, Ben Pearson for Berger in his new role, holding midfield in substitute. I don't think you can judge him in, what was he on, nine minutes? That'll do for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll give him a six. A He's six? Okay. Yeah. Wow, five. I think he touched the ball twice, didn't he? And I'm, I'm amazed he didn't get a yellow card. Right, now, the subjects weren't used. Bonham, Vidigal, Haksabanovic. Weird, but nice to see them back in the team. Kundal uh, on the bench, Clark and Lowe. So, yeah, Vidigal and Haksabanovic looks like they're back a part of it. It seems like there's an attitude change, Ange. Mm, we'll see. Come on, be a bit more positive. Say yes. One swallow doesn't make a summer. I've never heard that before in my life, Ange. <laughs> is, that a, is that a potteries one? Joking. No, I've One never. One swallow doesn't make a summer. Uh, no. It's a very um, well-known phrase, I'll, and it basically means we've got ten more cup finals to go. Well, I agree. Right, so now we move into the referee, John Busby. Can we get him banned from the club, Ange? Well, I actually thought he was complete and utter garbage. They would lie down, you would give them a free kick. Some of the players he booked of ours, I think all he did was breathe. He was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. And that's all I can say. Three. 
I'll go one. I thought he was atrocious. He kept stopping the game. He kept... Every time a Middlesbrough player fell over, it was a foul. Wasn't the one when was it Jones bumped into Gooch and he gave a foul? Yeah. He ran into Gooch. What was Gooch supposed to do? Fly under the ground? What was he supposed to do? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The referees are absolutely shambolic. and I don't want him at the club again. He was terrible. Everything was for Middlesbrough. I'm amazed we won that game. There was two offsides that him and his team didn't pick up on in the first half. Ben Hill was being booted around the pitch at one point and it took the third foul for him to blow up. One of the most one-sided, horrendous refs. I think, have you noticed though, Andrew, I've I've been looking at the stats, a lot of the Southern referees, they don't like Stoke, do they? No. They mustn't like the cold Tuesday nights at the Brits, that's what it is. Right, so now we'll go in with the whole performance rated, Ange. What are you going with? Nine. I'm going to go nine as well. I thought that was a brilliant performance. I can't knock it because everything worked. Everybody performed well. It was a brilliant... It, I mean, that should have been 4-5-0, shouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a great performance and more of this. I know we're still in the bottom three, aren't we? Still. So, I know, but it's, it, there's two tough games to go next. But before we go into them, so Stephen Schumacher. Right, I, I'm going to give him nine out of nine, nine out of ten. Um, I thought he played people in the right positions. He stopped that, that plan he has where he uses inverted and advanced pullbacks. That's great, but we haven't got the players to fit that at the moment. And I thought he picked the the right team. I thought he got the subs right. It's quite clear the players are playing for him. And he looked like he shed about 12 years when the final whistle went. Uh, nine. I'm going to go with a nine. Uh, ten, actually, for Schumacher. I was so impressed with that team. Sadly. I'm being honest as well. I haven't been this impressed since Michael, Michael O'Neill when we were in relegation battle last time. The midfield well, was... You need Stephen O'Neill. Who? No, forget it, it was a joke. Oh, here we go. Michael Schumacher, Stephen O'Neill, go on. <laughs> Is Paul Campbell still up front? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was brilliant as well, how, how the, the fluidity of the midfield and how they were able to flow through the game to, and they were able to act in the way they needed to play. Like, I loved how Laurent was being a central midfielder but was helping cover with defensive problems but was also trying to get up the pitch as well Baker was you could tell being told not to drop too deep stay in a high roll Bay was in the perfect cam roll but would drop deep if he needed to but wouldn't go right back unless we were proper bad defending the forward line worked I think Ennis just needs a goal same with Manhoof if he sticks with this formation Andrew I think we'll stay up I've got to be honest, I think Schumacher has, has just got to keep to this fluid midfield. Because I, I know that's what he liked at Plymouth, having this midfield that was fluid and could play in different roles. And I, lo- I liked it. And I think Thompson on the right, instead of Hoovey, could really put it into the next level, where you've got inverted right winger and inverted left winger. Because I know he likes them, don't he? Wing backs that can push yeah. up and cross on the wrong side and move inwards. But it worked. It hasn't been working before, 
But I think with Laurent, who is a natural holding midfielder, and Berger, who's an holding midfielder, it just protected the defence. And it made us... Because we, we know what the weakness of our team. It's the back line. And it is still shaky. It was shaky yesterday. But with them protections in front of him, which Schumacher saw in training, he's got it bang on. And I can't knock Michael for any more than this. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a slightly different topic, did you notice the ball boy? I think it was just in injury time. A Borough player was trying to get... Uh, he came to get the ball off him. <laughs> he just looked at him and threw it as hard as he could away from him and I think the goalie was after it too and I thought well done lads well done and then the ref pointed at him and had a go at him I thought oh you silly man but yeah. uh, I just it just summed it up and another thing we should talk about is the fans you know they weren't as in your grumpy mode yesterday everybody got behind everybody it made a massive difference and long may it continue yeah, it was brilliant yesterday. The The fan base really turned up. I think John, Super John, he got out there. And what what a turnaround since he's come in, Ange. Have we got any chance of the playoffs? I think you've been... I'm not talking about your playoff comment. You're very high on these three points. God, if we get a draw on, on Tuesday, you're going to be absolutely paralytic. Um... <laughs> One thing I think it's a shame, and and I know that Johnny Waters was a massive player, and I like Johnny. I really think he's great, and we all know he loves the club, right? But I think in all this, um, you've had Stephen Schumacher being constantly on. Uh, oh well, he'll be sacked tomorrow. He'll be sacked tomorrow. It cannot be nice on the day before a massive game to see that if you don't win it, you're going to be sacked. Well, right. who was the source? Now, where did that come from, Anne? Well, I don't know where it came from, but it's in quite a few places. And I would have thought that as well as doing... And I'm not having a go at Walters. I would have thought if if, if the club really cared about the bloke as a man, somebody should have said, just, just ignore the rubbish to him. Not to us, because it doesn't matter what we're told. But just looking at him uh, after the game... You could see it was a colossal weight off his back. And I think all this talk... And I know that you're quite right in, in, in saying that Johnny Waters has done well. But the people that deserve the credit are the actual manager and the players. I mean, we've, we've fired at the manager and the players so many times. Um, but I thought they deserved it yesterday. And if anybody thought those players weren't playing for him, then they're mad because... They put a shift in for him yesterday. They really did. Yeah, they did. It was a brilliant game. It was. It was. The atmosphere was brilliant. It was nice. I hadn't heard Delilah for months. That's how bad it's been. No. And yeah, well, I, I, I just thought the support was was class. Um, I do wonder what it would have been like if they just scored. <laughs> I think maybe it would have gone up. But the, the fans were great, weren't they? You know. Having said that, there was loads of empty seats again, Ian. Yeah, there was, but that that's because of how we've been playing, Ange. It that'll change if if we start if we are going a decent run now. I'm not saying it will, but if we did go on a decent run, they'll come back. It, it's one of them. We, we, the problem is at the moment it's been so bad for so long that they don't expect anything change. I mean, I haven't had a season ticket, so you know, for me it was for other reasons. I, I'd go 
whatever. I've I've seen worse. I'll be honest. I've seen proper shite down Stoke. I really have. We've seen a team with Brian Smalls at left back. That's bad enough for anybody. Watch. But the great thing yesterday is I think John, even though he's probably only into rim and he might not be permanent, but he's a club legend. Let's be honest. There's not many better than him, is there? And he really he's inspired a little bit of a little bit of fight in us. You know, he's a club legend. He's called to arms, whatever you want to call it. it. It seems to have worked. My question to you is, if it hadn't worked, right, if we hadn't have won, what would it have been what would it have been this week? You didn't shout loud enough or you didn't your heart didn't bleed. You, you can only do that once. Right? You can only use that once. He can say, yeah, well, remember how you were last time. But he took the club took a massive risk with that, and it paid off. And it's little things like that that sometimes make you think, you know, we're going to stay up. Just like Queen's Park Rangers had two shots yesterday, and they scored two goals for those two shots, and nobody would have thought they'd won their last two matches. I think little things like that at this stage of the season help you to either stay up or go down. And you look at that table and people, the Middlesbrough fans, you know, now think that they're in a relegation battle. That's how tight it is in the table. Well, it is because there's still a lot of games to play like now. So it's all up in the air, yeah. I mean, we can't get too excited. I agree with you. But as long as we keep bringing that atmosphere back and keep going with it. I mean, I think that was a great idea, bring Robert Tooth before the game as well. Can't we bring more players like that just to rev everybody up before, you know what I mean, just before we start up? Yeah, I, I mean, that was coincidental, I think. But one thing I will point out, and I like Schumacher, and I do think he will be a really good coach, right? But when you look, and it's only Stoker do this, when you look at Alex Neal, right, he was sacked for not performing, right? We both agree on that. Yeah, I couldn't stand the man hands, I'll be honest. No, me neither. Well, no, that's not fair. I, I, I found him a bit hard work. But he didn't lose seven out of eight games. But we're sticking with Schumacher, though. I hope we do. But there doesn't seem to be any logic in what we do. You know, the, the, do, do you understand what I'm saying? So Alex Neal, I didn't think, was ever going to do anything with Stoke from day one. But he was sacked for underperforming. But he didn't lose seven out of eight games. So you never know what's what's happening with our club. Nobody has an idea what's going to happen. No, Honestly, no, I, I agree. It's so odd, but we've got no plan. No, we still don't have a plan. I think this was the plan where we brought Johnny Walters back because he's a club legend thinking, oh, it'll G him up. Because if they just sacked... Because he's not going to have any real decision-making. He's not, he's not going to have the role full-time because... From what I'm hearing, a director of football's coming in the summer. Peter's apparently organising it because he because of what's been going over the last few years. But it is clever. Well, I mean, yeah, I just think John and, and the Coates family um, should just. I know it sounds awful. Just pay the money and let somebody else run the football club. Well, they've got to do that anyway. They, they can't keep going like this. They they, they just can't. They they can't keep. Running the club. I mean, to be fair, Stoke have got good people at the club who were running things well in the lower departments, yeah. like the is it Simon King and a few of those other ones there. They've done brilliant jobs at Stoke. 
I'll, I'll give some credibility to people in there who are doing good things. Like the, the, the how the stadium's been improved and how the... Those things have been run brilliantly. It's the football side that's the problem. The business side of things keeps improving. Like the, like the, we've all been moaning about the social media side. That's massively improved this year. TikTok, Vic, social media, everything's improved. We're now getting what we've been calling for for a long time, a fan zone. There's not many in the championship who've got one. We're having a proper good one. The problem is it's the footballing side because we aren't bringing some people in who know what they're doing. Now, we put his Tuka Gamble on Ricky Martin, but you look at his past record, you can understand why he hasn't worked. You need We need a director of football. That's what worries me, Ian. You look at people's past records. I mean, Alex Neal, everybody was... Not, sorry, most people were delighted when he came. Why? He was just a middle of... Why are we so lacking in ambition as a football club? We, we dropped on Tony Pulis, right? Since then, Mark Hughes came in. Mark Hughes was probably kept a season too long. Since then, Michael O'Neill's been the only decent manager in terms of doing a job um, that we've had. And he had to do a job with no money and he kept us up when nobody else, I don't think, would. But I, I just... Mm, I'm just not sure that... Uh, you can ever say that there's a, a proper solid plan. I'll support the club all my life. We both will. But it's so stoke, isn't it? So stoke the way we operate. But I suppose as time is going on, we better now have a look at uh, the upcoming midweek match, haven't we? Well, yeah. I know what you mean with the decision-making and stuff, but I, you've got to hope a director of football comes in. If that does, it takes away a lot of the pressure. Because John looks ill, I've got to be honest. Right, so next in line is Leeds. Now, Leeds are flying, aren't they? And yeah, uh, they're not well lost, in. Not lost at home. Uh, only drawn four matches, won the rest at home. So it's ready for Stoke? Yeah, we want to be that team that beat them. I, got, as I said at the start, I'm just concerned with the goal difference. We've got to keep that down. If we don't win, the bonus is we don't concede many. If, if I think we can get a point there. If we do what Huddersfield do and press and sit back and sit deep and play Laurent and Berger in them roles, we're going to be hard break down. I'll say that now. We might have to go a bit deeper and we've got to play for a nil-nil and try and sneak a win. That's that's what we've got to do. I tell you what, you watched that game yesterday, that Ragoni, if we can get him from Huddersfield, that'll be a great signing. Yeah, but, but won't just be us after him. I mean... We've got to go in the game because Queen's Park Rangers beat Leicester. I think he'll go trying to win, but trying to keep it uh, solid. I really do. But um, they're not unbeatable. They're, yeah, no, no team's unbeatable. We've just got to uh, say, OK, it's going to be tough, but they're due a loss. <laughs> They've got to lose sometime. Why can't we beat them? I, I don't know what it is, but I always, I always feel good when we play Leeds. I always do because yeah. we seem to be a bogey team. There. I know we beat them not long ago, didn't we? Was it 4 1? Well, we've got, if you look over the years, we've got an atrocious record there. But how many points do you think we need to stay up? For me, Rotherham are gone. I think they're gone. Yeah, so we're looking at two, two positions. There's two positions. I think Sheffield Wednesday somehow have become Brazil. And just winning all the time. I don't know what's going on there, but 
I don't know. I'm a bit more confident thanks to that win yesterday because I, di- I didn't see that coming. I think we've got to win five games. I do. Because everybody else is in form. QPR have won two on a row now. Sheffield Wednesday, I think. How many, how, when was the last time they lost? I can't remember the last time when Wednesday lost. They, they, they've come good. So, they don't... I'd say five wins because everybody's winning. Like Huddersfield, I think, can be dragged in. I've got a feeling Huddersfield will go. Get, you think we can get 15 points? If they play like they did yesterday, yeah. But it all, this is all on Schumacher. If you look at the midweek game, Blackburn have got Millwall. Right, rather than we're saying they're down, so it doesn't matter. I don't think Birmingham are out of the woods and they're at Hull. Right, Sheffield Wednesday have got Plymouth. So you just know Sheffield Wednesday game when that one. Plymouth aren't out of it. Right, uh, and then that's Tuesday. So of those games on Tuesday, you would like to think that some of the results would go for us. Cardiff play Huddersfield, right? Middlesbrough got Norwich. I don't think Middlesbrough are any, but their fans do. And uh, Queen's Park Rangers have got West Brom. So there should be, for the first time, a couple of matches that go our way. The problem is we have got to be in a position to uh, pick up points. I just think we have to be hard to beat against Leeds. We know the odds, odds will be stacked against us. If you're looking at the games ahead, then Preston's on Saturday is the game where realistically you'd expect us to get something. We don't right? do well against that's, Preston, though, and we never do. No, but that's what you've got to hope for. And the other thing is, uh, one point I'm going to make is, Berger is uh, a close to a two-match ban. Oh. He gets another booking, he's banned. Would you rest him against Leeds so that he's fresh for Preston, or would you just take the chance that he's going to get booked. I want us to beat Leeds. If we can scrape another weird 1-0 win against Leeds like we did early on in the season, think of the confidence that'll bring the team. Back-to-back wins, a win against Leeds. The problem is with this division, I don't think the two teams that are in the relegation zone now, apart from Rotherham, Rotherham are gone, forget them. I don't think Wednesday and QPR will go down. Who's going to go down there? I've got a feeling Huddersfield will go and um, and then it's between us and us in Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough? I've got a feeling they'll just fall. They're they're horrendous, Middlesbrough. I think Birmingham are um, are not as happily placed as... um, They've got a good... They've got Mowbray though, Ange. Mowbray will... Get, scrape this, that, and the other. They've got enough to survive. Bradbury's not involved, is he? He's, he's out for the season, as you know. He's he's had that operation, so um, you can't you can't you can't rule anybody out, can you? No, look no, you can't. No. You look at the table as it is at the moment, and I think Birmingham. You know, we've got us and Huddersfield on the same goals. Birmingham, we've got uh, of the thirty-eight points. You've got Queens Park Rangers minus twelve. We're minus fifteen. That's a big swing at this time of the season, and ours could be worse because we're playing Leeds. And you've got Birmingham minus 14, and others and others feel are the same. Sheffield Wednesday, if they get the same number of points as us, if they win and we don't, we're still above them unless they, they win by nine goals or we concede nine goals. So we aren't going to get 
any worse than third from the bottom on Tuesday night. If we can get a point, it'll be, uh, you know, if you get a point, you can go up to 17th. I know, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. We played last week. Cardiff are now having had two wins. They're now 11th. It's unbelievably tight. Just as tight at the bottom as it is at the top. Time again, Ian. We're out of time. You've talked to self, you've talked to us rubbish. You've just kept us going, haven't you? Right, predictions. So, Leeds, what are you going? Port says none each. Head says we'll lose 3 0. 3 0? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go 1-0 Stoke. Good lad. I'm going to go 1 0 Stoke. I, I, I always have a feeling against Leeds. I don't know why. It's probably because he ate them, but, but there's no ailing, so that's that's a bit disappointing. But we've already embarrassed him, so I'm going to go 1 0. Now, Preston. 3 1 Stoke. 3 1 Stoke. Mm, I like that. 2 1. 2 1 Stoke. I'm going to go 1 1 Preston. Right, okay. Well, I'll take those scores, Ian. I hope you're right, and I'm hope, I hope I'm wrong. But uh, we've got to we've got to do something, don't we? Well, yeah. I mean, I think Leeds. It's a, it's one of them. Right now, before we end, we're going to talk about the ladies. How are they going on? Well, they're playing Newcastle. Newcastle have the highest budget in the league. We have the next highest budget in the league, and after five minutes, we were three 0 down, uh, and they've just kicked off for the second half. And uh, so far, uh, we haven't conceded. So I think you can... I mean, Newcastle will go up. Newcastle will win this league. But so far, we haven't conceded again. So let's just hope that we have a miraculous turnaround and, and do something well. Um, and that's it from us, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's another one done. It's been a good and a, bit, a, good and a sweet one, Anthony. We're still in the Maya, obviously, and we've got to keep going how we did against... Middlesbrough, we've got to get behind the lads right from the first. And even if we go a goal down, we've got to keep going because we're in a dogfight with about 15 teams. So we've got to keep going. So thanks for listening, everybody. Ta-ra.